Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Taylor goes to cover Black, and Black isn't waiting, and they've left Bedford now. Bedford doesn't seem to be able to speed up, and Black has really made a long go for home. The question really is, has he gone too soon? because Taylor's quite capable of going, as he shows now. And this is a piece of testing by Taylor, who moved up to Black's shoulder, just to let him know the threat is there, and the power is there, and the Black Vest of New Zealand, which hits the front. And Juma has been dropped slightly, and for Bedford, there doesn't seem to be a hope of a medal now. He's back 30, 40 yards behind the leaders, beaten in the closing stages once more for pace. It's Taylor, New Zealand, at the shoulder now of David Black of England. Dumas closing up. Lucky Stewart, the champion, being lapped. He's got three to go, and these boys have got two, and the gold medal seems to be between England and New Zealand. It's black for England. Taylor still so happy on the outside, and there he goes. Can Black respond? He's gone very early. He's given Black a chance. Black undoubtedly has a chance if he's got anything left, but Taylor's the man going away. Black can't go, and it looks like the first gold in the track events for New Zealand. Taylor now, six, seven yards clear of David Black. And Black doesn't look to be able to get back. He's beginning to close again, but no doubt, here's an athlete following the steps of the Snells and the Halbergs at the Commonwealth Games, as Richard Taylor takes the gold. David Black for England, the silver. Yeah, the 25th of January 1974, it'll almost be 50 years since Dick Taylor won that gold medal in the 10,000 metres, beating David Black, the world record holder, in what was a world-class field on the opening day of the track and field programme, and arguably the last of the great Commonwealth Games. I put that medal up there with those won by Peter Snell in 1960 and 1964 at the Olympics and John Walker in 76, and it might only be the Commonwealth Games gold, but if you know the backstory to Dick Taylor... You understood the quality of the field and where the Commonwealth Games stood um, in athletics back in the 1970s. I think most people would agree. An iconic moment in New Zealand sport. Now, last night, they had the Dick Taylor commemorative 10,000 metre New Zealand championships. To discuss this, to get the results, to talk athletics, to talk Dick Taylor, is the voice of athletics in this country, Hayden Shearman. Afternoon to you, Hayden. Welcome. G'day, yeah, good to good to be here, and it seems uh, some shivers down your spine, doesn't it, listening to that audio? Um, yeah, really cool to relive those memories 50 years on from what was um, really right in the midst of the, that New Zealand golden era of, of track running that, that started with, like you said, Helberg and Snell, and then 
course, capped off with um, with John Walker winning winning the gold in, in '76 and in, in the '15. So, yeah, that that was a, an amazing thing. And I think the thing with that 10,000 victory. Um, you know, Dick, Dick Taylor really resounded with everyday Kiwis at the mm. time. You know, just a, a guy in, living in Blenheim, running 200 miles a week and doing the, the mahi, and it really paid off. And, and the great thing about that audio is the way that that strength came through from that, that massive base of mileage that he had. So, uh, yeah, a, a amazing story. Yeah, and I've spent a lot of time over the years interviewing Dick extensively and um, stuff that I've still got at home that hasn't necessarily been told either. But, he, um, you know, he, he represented New Zealand in 1970 in um, Edinburgh at the Commonwealth Games and hadn't performed in the 1972 in Munich and had seen the likes of Dick Quacks and Rod Dixon and Walker all sort of delivering and he felt that he hadn't and... You know, then this, yeah. and then getting, I think it was Morin who'd coached him originally and then going to Arthur Lydiard and um, tells a wonderful story about how Arthur, you know, had Peter Snell come up to him moments before the race and have Peter say to him, I think you're going to do something special today, Dick. And he said that was just the last little piece because Taylor always said that perhaps the thing that he missed, the missing ingredient was belief. And then as they say, the rest is history. And just the strategy of Lydia to sit down and say it's going to be 30-odd degrees, they're going to take it out at world record pace, you sit on this lap count and you don't move. They'll either smash the world record or they'll blow to pieces. And just having that faith and the ability to listen and have faith in Arthur was just simply remarkable. Um, So great to have the national 10,000-metre champs named after him. Uh, That race was race last night what were the results in the men's and women's yeah so interestingly it was uh those in Dunedin will will know that it was about 31 degrees there yesterday so that they ran in the evening uh so it was more like 27 degrees but certainly reminiscent of the 74 games in Christchurch um so results were uh, Anika Arledge uh great sprint off with Bridget Dennehy over the last last lap uh to take out the women's title in, in just a tick over 35 minutes and then Michael Voss, who's been, he's featured really prominently sort of in minor medals in, in the national champs, everything from from the marathon down to sort of cross-country distances, 5K, 10K, but uh, really showed his class last night, just uh, leading from the tape, uh, winning in a time of 29-29 over Julian Oakley, who's... Uh, you know, I, I hate to think how many national titles Julian Oakley he has won. So to to take down Julian and win it in such a commanding fashion in scorching temperatures and run a, a fantastic time is is pretty impressive from Michael and really shows his his training heading in the direct, right direction. He's getting getting faster with age as well, which is um, always good to see. Yeah, is he uh, coached by my old PE teacher Kim Stevenson? Yeah, that's the one. Yep, yep. yep. So Kim I had Kim as I had Kim as a PE teacher at Manabit Grammar in nineteen eighty four, eighty five. Actually, love that. Yeah. So yeah, Kim Stevenson. He's one of the uh, great coaches in the the New Zealand athletics community, and he's always got time for everyone he talks to. And uh, yeah, he's doing a, a wonderful job with Michael Boss down there in Rotorua these days. Um, and. Yeah, Michael, I believe he's a, he's a carpenter, so he's often on the tools and then puts down the tools and then he's out there running, um, I imagine, 100 to 200 mile weeks himself. So uh, talk about work ethic. Um, yeah, the guy, the guy gets it done. Now, were there any qualifying marks yet last night? I know that there was qualifying for the World Cross in Serbia. 
Yeah, so World Cross Country Champs is coming up again. Um, we're sort of in catch-up mode from, from the COVID era. So this this year internationally, we've got quite a few different championships as well as the, the Olympics. So yeah, end of March is the World Cross Country Champs. A bunch of guys and girls have got their eyes on that. The main qualifier from last night was, was Michael himself, who, who just dipped under the, the qualifying standards. Um, and I imagine with that national 10,000-metre title and a bronze at the National Cross Country Champs last year, he'll be um, almost certainly booking his ticket to, to Serbia, uh, which is really good. I don't think there were any others from, from the women or the junior races who managed to uh, hit the times that they needed to. Um, essentially, we, we have a performance standard. Um, it was 29.30 uh, for the, the senior men, and if, if you hit that, then you go into the, the nomination pool. Um, but it's looking like we'll, we'll be able to send a good, good solid team over to, to Serbia. But as I say, it's such a congested international calendar this year, it's almost hard to keep up with because that same month we've actually got the world indoors. So we'll see a lot of the, the middle distance runners um, targeting that one instead. Um, and then that same month we've got our own national champs in a very busy domestic season as well. So it's all, all coming thick and fast as we sort of lead into the Paris Olympics this year. Yeah, what's the expectation on our elite athletes? There was maybe some criticism last year at World Championships that perhaps the season was too long and that, you know, maybe some of our athletes need to miss part of the domestic season. Is there, is there a prerequisite regarding athletes and qualification or is there an expectation on them or can the athletes sort of pick and choose how they want to set their year up? Yeah, fortunately we've got a, a few of the big names have already punched their, their ticket with the, uh, the auto standard. Uh, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily uh, selected to go, but it, 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 yeah, it's a, um, a good, um, yeah, you're almost guaranteed once it just needs the NZOC tick of approval. Um, so, you know, the likes of Zoe Hobbs, Sam Tanner, uh, Geordie Beamish and the 3,000 metre steeples, uh, they've all, all uh, ticked the, the box in terms of the, the runners um, and hitting the times that they need to. Uh, so they won't need to go and chase points. And so this is the, the other side of it. So it's sort of the step down um, those athletes that haven't met that that auto standard uh, will need to go and chase points. And this is where the domestic season and also once you get into the Northern Hemisphere, early stages of summer, where athletes will need to go and say, OK, this athlete's got this, this uh, event's got this number of points. I'll need to target that event and hopefully I'll get that place and that time um, and then really line up those those events to chase the chase the points. So here in New Zealand, over the next uh, about six or seven weeks, we've got essentially a major meet every weekend uh, somewhere around the country, and there's different uh, levels of, of grading uh, for points being available for those events. So uh, a lot of those athletes, like uh, Julian Oakley, who I mentioned, who I believe is going to be chasing the 5,000 metres. He'll need to be hunting out those 5,000 metre races with, with good points on offer. Um, and the number one uh, 5,000 metre race in New Zealand will be the, the national championships in, in Wellington in mid-March. So, yeah, that's, that's sort of how the calendar's looking for athletes uh, at this stage, for those who are targeting Paris. But uh, I imagine most of the team is probably already decided in terms of hitting those autos. 
we we struggle to get athletes through on that point system uh, just because we have such a high bar set by NZOC in terms of world ranking uh, as it goes into uh, selection for Olympic Games. What are the next um, major track and field meets coming up over the next couple of weeks here in New Zealand that uh, people around the country might be able to get along and watch and see some of these athletes in action? Yeah, absolutely. And and the the summer tour is, is a really great opportunity to see a lot a lot of our Olympians up really close and personal. They're, um, they're pretty low key friend, friendly meets, but with with great international competitors competing alongside you know top high school athletes. So you got full full breadth. But essentially. Uh, or started this weekend in, in Dunedin uh, alongside the South Island Colgate Games. And then this weekend coming up is the first of the major uh, classics that run throughout the, the summer season. So that's Potts Classic o- over in Hawke's Bay. Then we move uh, to to Hawara where we've got a real really cool jumping meet. Um, so I'm not sure if Hamish Kerr has been... Um, announced for for that but yeah towards the end of January um, Hamish usually comes across and you can get right up close to the the high jump bar and watch him jumping 220, 230 uh, right next to the bar so that's a really cool one to go to and then we go to Wellington, uh, sorry Wanganui then Wellington uh, and then up to Hamilton uh, the international track meet in Christchurch towards late February and then the Sir Graham Bliss meet in Auckland on the 10th of March and then we're back down to Wellington for the national championships in mid-March. So that's sort of how it's looking and I really encourage you know any, anyone around the, the country, if you're near one of those centres, uh, pop along. It's usually you know 10 bucks to get in um, and there'll be food trucks there and you can just park up and watch a really great afternoon or evening of athletics. 13 and a half minutes after two, Hayden Shearman, my guest on the programme. We are talking athletics. Um, Hayden, we had the recent nominations and then the finalists announced for the Halberg Awards. Uh, no sign of Zoe Hobbs. Now, I understand this has created a fair bit of discussions amongst the athletic fraternity and the wider sporting public. Uh, what What's your view on this? And, and where's the area of contention on her not being nominated or not being put forward? Yeah, so when I, I first read the the nominees, I I read through honestly about eight to ten times, read through the list just to make sure I missed it, hadn't missed anyone. Then I text some friends and said, "Am I reading this wrong? Is, is Zoe not being nominated?" So yeah, Zoe Hobbs, uh, our, our leading hundred meter sprinter, um, broke eleven seconds for the first time this year. First first Kiwi ever first. Oceania athletes, so no Australian who's done it either. When you think of the the quality that they've had over there with Kathy Freeman, Sally Pearson, uh, absolute world leading sprinters, um, and so she's faster than all of them over the hundred meters. Um, so just immense feat uh, from her to break that mark this year, and she's performing with the top women uh, all year long. And then not to see her in that nomination criteria, uh, nomination list. Um, was yeah a bit of a shock to be honest, and uh, I, in in some ways I get it because it's so hard to compare one sport to another. How do you compare spear fishing, which did have a nomination, to the hundred meters, to football, to to rugby, and so on? Um, but 
you know, in the, in the athletics community, we don't weigh each event equally. You, you know, Tori Peters, the javelin thrower, was nominated, and great to see she had a great season, broke the New Zealand record last year. Uh, so great to see her amongst there. But every athletics fan understands that the 100 metres carries more weight uh, than every other event there. And like I've said uh, many times on the show before, there's two global sports on the planet. It's, there's football and then there is running. And at the foremost of, of running is the 100-meter sprints. And even if you go to most track meets, you ask any athlete doing jumps, throws, distance running, would you rather be a 100-meter sprinter? And they would say, yes, I would rather. That's where I started and I ended up in jumps. So I ended up in the 5,000 meters. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, I, I, I was disappointed that she wasn't nominated and I think what I'm most disappointed about is just the, the not, not acknowledging and understanding the feat of speed and when you look at coaching across various disciplines, rugby, football, hockey, speed is such a premium and such a commodity and every coach wants to see fast athletes out there and if we are a country that can produce sub 11 sprinters you know you think about right now we've got 20 sub 12 second uh, female sprinters in the country imagine if we had 100 of those um, and had the coaching around the country had the experience uh, uh, to build that speed, you know a lot of those athletes are going to end up in football, end up in rugby and make a massive impact on the playing field, bringing that speed into their into their sport. So I felt like it was an opportunity missed to acknowledge what a, um, what a massive achievement that is um, and also to not see Zoe Hobbs' coach, James Mortimer, who took four female sprinters wearing the black singlet to the world champs uh, last year, not to see him nominated. Uh, and just as a side, six cycling coaches were nominated. So is that the fault of Athletics New Zealand, though? I mean, for the initial nominations? Well, I don't know. Uh, you, you may know better than me how the nomination criteria... Well, yeah, criteria I, normally you're put forward by your sporting body initially, and then... Yeah. Um, I, I would have thought, um, but but look, I can understand why maybe some sports organisations don't bother because, as I said, I think it is a little ambiguous. Like I, I always look at, you know, and I take your point. I just think there are some sports and some achievements that you can't just necessarily measure in terms of gold, silver, and bronze. I mean, I look at yeah. Stephen Adams. I mean, Stephen Adams is he ever going to win himself a Hellberg Award? The guy plays in the damn NBA, man. There are only thirty teams. You know, you think how many kids play basketball globally? He's a starting centre for one of the top teams. You go and look at. Chris Wood scoring a hat-trick against Newcastle in football in the Premier League. I mean, how do you, what, what sort of weight do you put on that versus, say, I don't know, a player shooting 90% in a, a netball test against Australia? I mean, and then you look at the Zoe Hobbs. And, and yeah, but the thing with me is I just would like to see the judges that sit on the Halberg Awards and those that make the decisions just do greater due diligence. And if you're not prepared to do the due diligence, don't be on it. Yeah, yeah, and maybe a bit of a... a explanation for each nominee you know Correct. what did they do rationalize them it. Yeah. Above the, yeah um and all we need is a, a couple of bullet points there to explain um but yeah i imagine murray helberg if he was watching zoe hobbs when she broke the record uh, national record 
Oceania record in, in Wellington at the National Champs last year. Um, I'm, I'm sure Murray well, would have given her the nod. Well, you go right, but you go right back to say the first Maori or whatever arriving here on New Zealand shores. Go back to Captain Cook. You go back to uh, Treaty of Waitangi. You go back to the history of New Zealand. No woman in history in this country has ever run faster than Zoe Hobbs, and yet she can't get nominated. Yeah, yeah. In Taranaki, she won Taranaki Sportswoman of the Year, um, which I, deservedly so. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just assumed that that would carry on to the, the Hellbergs. But who knows? She, if her trajectory is looking like she'll have an even better year this year. Mm-hmm. So you know, this time next year, I hope I'm, I'm eating my words as she uh, goes up to uh, potentially... Um, be a finalist for the the no, no, never ever be you never never ever be nice thing is mate you come out you say it as you see it and I agree with you never be a coward wise after the fact you know and um, I think they have got it wrong I don't think it's a strong year for sport and how she misses out is beyond me as well when you put it in the context you've just provided and, and just before we do let you go how's your own form Oh, the running's coming coming along. I, I went out for a little trot with some of the local junior athletes here in Taranaki, and um, I was managing to keep up, but I definitely I finished a little bit earlier than they did, and uh, definitely glad I did. So, uh, yeah, the, the young ones are, are certainly looking pretty fit. <laughs> Hayden, it's been a privilege and a pleasure, my good man. Thank you once again for joining us on the programme. No worries. Always good to chat. There you go, Hayden Sherman there uh, talking all things athletics. It is 20 minutes after 2, 0800 150811 is the number. Zoe Hobbs won. It's one of those sort of intangibles. It's hard to quantify what she's done because is she winning the world championship? No, she's not. Um, But there are sport and then there's sports. And there are sports that uh, have a niche following and then there are sports that are truly global. How do you measure the achievements of Chris Wood? Uh, for just playing in the English Premier League, or Stephen Adams. Uh, Can you seriously tell me that um, winning the World Bowls Championship, as an example, is a greater achievement than what those two athletes have achieved, whether it be on the men's side or the women's side? Being a top-ranked 50 tennis player in the world on the women's or the men's side, how does that compare to... You know, if you're the top-ranked women's, say, top-ranked 50 in the world in tennis, not that we have a player ranked that high at the moment, but you'd have to argue that they're better athletes than, say, what our top netballers are, surely. I would have thought. I don't think it's been a great year for New Zealand sport. I've got a sneaking feeling I don't think it's going to be a great Olympic year for us. I don't think we're going to win a lot of medals at these Olympics. 22 minutes after 2, 0800 150 811. Texas here on 8833. We're going to talk some surfing shortly with Ben Kennings.